1986, the remains of a 2,000-year-old fisherman's boat were found off the northeast shore of the Sea of Galilee. Its discoverers named it the Jesus Boat, and it is now on display in a museum near Magdala in Israel. The boat is about 27 feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and a little over four feet high. Fishermen in Jesus' day would cast large nets with weights attached that would trap the fish on the bottom of the lake. They would either dive down to put the fish individually in satchels or carefully pull up the edges of the large nets so that the fish were collected into the boat. When they weren't fishing, they were washing, mending, and hanging the nets up to dry in preparation for the next day's work. It was hard work, but a good living. This was the life of Peter and Andrew and James and John, the first four disciples. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia states that the fishermen of Jesus' day were a distinctive class of people known for the strenuousness of their work, which ruled out the weak. They were crude in manner, rough in speech, and in their treatment of others. You might liken them to pirates if you want. Jesus referred to the two fishermen uh, who were brothers, the two sets of fishermen who were brothers, Peter and Andrew, but he referred specifically to James and John as the sons of thunder, and the implications uh, are that they were a hot-headed duo. They were hardy, fearless men who sometimes worked long hours without success, but were always ready to try it once more. These first four were unlikely disciples for the obvious reasons, but Jesus knew what he was doing. They responded to his call, and that made all the difference. This gospel account of the calling of the first disciples seems pretty amazing and fairly straightforward. Jesus simply throws out an offer for these men to follow, and they do it immediately. And that is essentially true, although Matthew doesn't tell us everything in his gospel. If you remember last week, Pastor Nancy preached on John 1, 29 through 42, and the scripture tells us of an earlier come and see encounter between Peter and Andrew and Jesus. So this is probably not the first time they have actually met. Nonetheless, the immediacy with which the first disciples respond to Jesus' call to follow him takes us by surprise. They take a huge step it would seem, in leaving everything so quickly. Everything. After years of doing the work of fishermen, and at least in James and John's case, after being groomed to take on the business by their father Zebedee, the scriptures say that at once they dropped their nets and began to follow Jesus. I think it gives us cause to think how much of a sacrifice these fishermen must have made in responding to Jesus' call. The way they did, particularly in dropping their nets immediately and following, leaving behind everything. I think that's where it gets difficult for us. We note their response and we wonder how they did it. How did these men simply drop everything 
to follow Jesus. It calls into question our own response to Jesus' call on our lives. Most Christians you and I know, including ourselves, have not made such an abrupt and upending decision about leaving our families and our jobs, probably. <clears throat> Is it really necessary? If Jesus calls each of us to follow him, is it a prerequisite that our lives get turned upside down to do so? Are we required to have such a life-changing response <clears throat> that we change or leave out <clears throat> me, our current occupations and those we love to follow him? Do we do the same thing that they do? Can we? Just what, what does it mean for us to follow God's call? Have you ever had the feeling that there was more for you out there somewhere just waiting to be experienced? That perhaps there was more to God's call on your life than your current situation? That if you had the opportunity and a way to make it happen that you would make a change and move toward that call, but you wondered if you were the right person to do so? Maybe you thought that you were kind of stuck in your situation, mostly by your own failures. But still, if God gave you the chance, you'd try to get beyond your current circumstances and make more of a difference in the world. I wonder if those first four disciples in this fishing story felt something of the same way. And that's why they responded the way they did. They saw their opportunity, and they decided to take it immediately. God has called each of us. To what has he called us is the question only you can answer. Yes, each of us are called to follow Jesus. That's what a disciple does. Did you ever wonder why God chose four fishermen to begin with, what did they particularly have to offer Jesus' ministry? Well, we know they knew how to catch fish. But beyond that, outside of what Jesus saw in them and knew what they could become, there wasn't much else there. That's what they knew. That was their life, fishing. But that was certainly enough for Jesus. If you remember last week, Pastor Nancy reminded us that God sees us not only for who we are, but also sees the potential in us. Whether it's to come and see what the possibilities there are in you, or to respond outright to Jesus' call to follow him, God is no respecter of persons. God uses ordinary, unlikely people to do some extraordinary things. That includes these four fishermen and others, and it includes you and me. I think God gives us a few options when he gives the call, though. We wouldn't find it so compelling if, when these four fishermen were called, the expectation was that they would immediately drop their nets and follow. But instead, it's their choice to do so at once that makes their response so remarkable. If the scripture is true the way it reads, then they didn't go home 
and consult their wives and their extended families. They didn't take 24 hours to think about it. They didn't ask for the time to process what their decision would mean. They just simply decided to follow. God gives us that choice as well, not only to follow, but when to follow. I've not shared this with too many of you, but I was 13 years old when I first heard the call to ministry. I was sitting in the back of a local Catholic church that my family attended uh, at that time, and during the sermon, the priest simply said something about, or to the effect of, that the church needs more people to go into Christian vocations. That is, to go into um, paid positions of service, uh, to be a priest or a nun or a deacon. Uh, at least that was the need in the Catholic Church at that time. And I remember feeling, as I sat there, this tug, in, uh, tug inside. Maybe, maybe God could use me somehow, some way, and I was serving as an altar boy at the time, and maybe, just maybe, God was calling me to do something more. But as it turned out, I did not act on that call until I was through college and out of the Marine Corps. And I share this very basic uh, call of mine because it's an example of how not all of us respond the way the first disciples did. I didn't drop everything and immediately follow Jesus. It's not that we declined the invitation to follow. Some of us just need more time to figure out what God is saying to us. And equally as important is the fact that while Jesus calls us to follow him, what that looks like can be very different to each of us, and it may not stay the same throughout our lives. I think as much as God calls us to do something specific at a specific time, it doesn't have to stay that way. There are lots of ways to follow Jesus. But we need to be sure of this. Jesus' call to follow is offered to each one of us and all of us. The details, such as how, when, where, and others, only come after we decide to follow. The willingness to follow comes first. Is it necessary that we immediately follow Jesus? Do we have to answer the call like the first disciples? Well, certainly that is a remarkable thing to do, and it's one of those reasons this particular story is so memorable. But I don't think it's the standard response. And that's okay. You and I have chosen to follow. That much is true, or you probably wouldn't be sitting here with each other looking for strength and direction and companionship for the journey that God has put you on. We all know of people who have responded with the same actions and timing as the first disciples. We do know people who have dropped their nets, immediately leaving behind all they knew. But we also know plenty of folks who have responded by staying put, reaching out to those who are already around them, following the call to influence others and share the gospel in word and action 
right where they are. Maybe that's the case for you. Still others need more time to pray and think about and hear about and hear from God how they're supposed to follow Jesus. And the only word of caution I have about that, and that's taking more time to pray and think about it, is that we have to be careful that our discernment um, doesn't take all our lives, that there is a time to respond, that it doesn't become an excuse not to go where God calls or follow where he leads. Once again, I want to refer to material written by Pastor Nancy, who wrote in a sermon she preached here in 2011 regarding this Matthew text. She wrote, God is asking you to do something. It may not be a big change in your life. You may want to make a change and do something new and different, but God might be calling you to stay right where you are. Maybe you need to hang in there as a spouse or as a parent. Most of life is routine not life-changing and dramatic. God is in all the details of our lives, and the way we follow Jesus in everyday ways is immensely important. Maybe you need to keep your job and make a difference right where you are. Sometimes we are called to be faithful to God as ordinary people on routine days. Sometimes we are called to move on in life and do something unreasonable. Sometimes we need to give up what we have to gain, something worth even more. But Jesus has called us, and Jesus is still calling us today. The call is to follow. He doesn't give any other directions or clarifications beyond that. He simply says, follow me. Some, like the first disciples, will drop their proverbial nets and immediately leave home and family and work to pursue the call in a different place and in a different way. Some others will see the circumstances around them and the need to follow Jesus in their current situation or circumstance. But either way, Jesus invites us to join him now, immediately, in the work of changing hearts and minds and offering true life to everyone, no matter where or how. We may not respond exactly like the four fishermen, but if we will simply open ourselves in this moment to the invitation he gives, he will show us how to share the good news that others might come to faith in him. To be fishers, So the question today is not whether Jesus is calling. The question is, how will you respond? The choice is ours. There is an adventure waiting for each of us, regardless of our age, station, or status, or anything else in life. It requires only one thing, to say yes to the offer and challenge Jesus holds out for us. That is something we don't have to wait for. If you have already answered God's call, may he continue to bless you and the work you are doing. However, that particular call may not be for the rest of your life. 
We all need to be ready and willing to follow God wherever and whenever he leads us. The disciples learned as they went. So can we. God will supply the details when we need them. He needs only one thing from us. Our choice to follow him. So I simply ask this morning, what are you waiting for? What will you choose today?